Oh, is that how we're starting this off? Yes, sir. Well, I gotta. I, I I might have to have some some drinkage to get through this one today. What's that supposed to mean? Because we got a special guest on today. We do. We do. In fact, no, it is not uh, Max Toth. Yeah. Let's not go there. Uh, welcome back to JK Moto Podcast, a motorcycle related podcast covering current motorcycle news and racing news and results, specializing in track riding and the average motorcycle owner operator, because that's what we consider ourselves. Brought to you today by, once again, your favorite working class customs. So, we do have a special guest on today, and I, I might need a special drink just to keep up with her. Well, are you, uh, Indicating that she is faster than you. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll argue about that with her a little bit, but I'm, I know that she is. I think I know she is. We'll ask her. Surely she is. She's fast. Today we have Rainy joining us. Can't wait to introduce everybody to her. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get her on here in a minute. Get some, some questions answered, some background maybe, and Talk about motorcycle riding with uh, another motorcycle rider and racer, I will mention. And racer. As far as I am aware, pretty good. But I, I would argue probably faster than you. But, you know, like you said, we'll uh, <laughs> let it get there when it comes to it. So uh, I already said, I already lost this. I already lost this. Let's roll the intro and get her on here. All right. Intro. Yesterday at one point, I was in six. Take it away then, Easton. You're, no, you're, I'm going to take it away. You're on introduction. Inter- <laughs> introduction. Well, hey, uh, this is this is Rainy, as we mentioned in the in the beginning, here with us. Rainy, you feel free to introduce yourself. I don't have a ton of background on you. Yeah, I'm Rainy. I live and race in Southern California right now, but uh, we travel a lot. So that's how I met Cole here. We race in Utah sometimes, so. That's uh, what I'm wasting my life away on right now. How I met these guys. <laughs> Racing motorcycles. Well, I think before we dive too deep into motorcycles, obviously been doing that for a little bit. We'd, we'd like to we'd like to dig in a little bit and see how you got there. Yeah. What what led to life on two wheels? So it actually started with commuting when I first moved here, and I had two jobs. I was going to school. There's a lot of miles. And initially, because I grew up in Wyoming, like the max speed limit in my town was like 40. So going on the freeway here was like That's so pretty scary. good for Wyoming. But then one day I was sitting in my Jeep with no air conditioning, watching all these motorcycles go by. And I'm like, man, that does look kind of nice. And um, so initially I just got this little CBR 500 to commute. And I was like, that's all I'm going to do. And then my roommate was like, that's cool. I want to get a bike. And then he dragged me out to the canyons and it kind of just like spiraled from there. But initially I just wanted to commute. Like I almost got a Sportster or something, but I thought I was on the, on a sport bike with the CBR 500. (laughs) Well, you was, that could have went a whole different direction then with a Sportster, huh? Yeah. Do you think I it would have gone to like the canyons or cared about turning? Ever? 
That would have been interesting. Well I, well, I think that's a good question. Do you think it would have if you would have grabbed a sportster, found a different group of friends, went to maybe a different bar? I do think it would have been, especially because one of my friends, the one that actually helped me take home CBR when I bought it, he's like a Harley dude and is in a club. Like he calls all the guys his brother and stuff. You know what I mean? And he had taken me out like they bar hop on the bikes and stuff. And I feel like I probably would have gravitated more towards that if I had like a similar bike to the rest of them. So I'd probably be like a hell's angel by now is what I'm saying. I, I like it. I thought <laughs> you were already. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the Harley family, you know. Yeah. Well, so so you bought a bike without any experience on a bike, or did you have experience growing up on two wheels at all? Um, zero experience aside from, you know, a bicycle. I remember I told everyone in like the learner class or whatever, I was like, Yeah, I used to ride dirt bikes just to like <laughs> not be a noob, but I went out there and the first drill is you have to go across the parking lot and back um, without using throttle. It's just like clutch the whole way, you know, and I stalled it. I couldn't stop stalling it. So I just walked it across and no one noticed that my bike wasn't on. <laughs> like I was, I almost didn't go to the second day. I was so bad. The fact that I figured it out is mind blowing. Like if you guys can see this first day, it was so rough. So had you driven like a stick shift before that or is that yeah. your first okay yeah i learned in high school okay so but no no dirt biking in wyoming you, you kind of you glossed over this wyoming thing wyoming <laughs> and california are very different we're both from utah so wyoming feels more more close to home i guess yeah i actually did go to high school in park city so okay i had a bit of utah but yeah i used to snowboard so i don't once i couldn't do that anymore why live by the snow in Southern California is about as far as you can get. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's a fair well, point. Well, she's just glossing over everything. Cause let's talk about, let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about your snowboarding. I've done my research on you. Uh Oh, you Googled me. <laughs> I, I Googled you. There's, there's still residuals on the internet. Oh, that's a little scary. Like from MySpace days. Oh, well, I don't know if I found any MySpace stuff, but what is MySpace? <laughs> don't Ethan, don't go ahead go ahead all right um i technically started snowboarding when i was like two my dad would just push me down the driveway there are these like adorable little photos with velcro bindings and he would just push me down the driveway and living in wyoming that's just what people do you either ski or snowboard or like why are you there? Well, Jackson Hole specifically, not East Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say Eastern Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. And it's not there. There's no one there. Yeah, there's not even cell service. We drove there on the way to Colorado, and I was like, what is this? But yeah, Jackson Hole, lots of snow. So um, I've always been super like competitive, just grew up that way. So I don't know. Same way with motorcycles. It kind of just spirals, and I found myself competing internationally. Half pipe was my thing. It's funny. I didn't like it. I liked slope style more. I thought it was more interesting, but I was better at half pipe. So if someone's going to pay you to do it. You might as well do it. Right. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I moved out when I was 14 to like travel and live places with snow. And like I was in Oregon every summer, Mount Hood to snowboard all summer. I was in Utah and I don't know. So you Ooh. said you com competed internationally. Did you make it across the, the big pond? Which big pond? 
the Atlantic Ocean. Or yeah, I guess we did it in Australia and New Zealand is the farthest okay. that we've been. I was actually there for like two months or something because we just follow snow, you know, and it's opposite there. So when it's summer here, I don't need to be here. Is there, I don't know, that might have been as far as snowboarding. I have snowboarded just like just a little bit, very much a hobby and that's all. But I'm kind of curious. I've never been outside of the U.S. for snow. Is the snow better outside the U.S. or the courses better? Not the courses. That's racing. Uh, mountains. Who has the greatest snow on earth? Yeah, that's what we're really getting to. I mean, Jackson Hole. I, I know it sounds basic because <laughs> that's where I grew up, but I real I did not realize how incredible that place is until I left. I'd All say right. that's like snow. If you're talking like half pipe slope style stuff, Park City was great. I mean. So you're saying that Wyoming has better snow than Utah? Yeah, it doesn't, I think. It doesn't say that on their license plate. Yeah, their <laughs> license plate just has that cowboy with the little. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, like, you got to know where to go. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Utah has obviously more mountains, so it's tough. I don't know which one. Like, I had an incredible snow day. I remember at Snowbird, I was surprised to find, like, places there. I don't, Jackson, yeah. The park and pipe was just, like, an absolute joke. So we'd always go to either Utah or Colorado if we wanted to get any of that done. Did I ever tell you about the time I got to stay at the Snow King? No. How was that? It's, it's motorcycle. <laughs> it's motorcycle related. So... Jesus. Back on track. All right. So we, so, so we were we were trying to get home, and I was gonna just drive straight through on the Harleys. For the record, I was just gonna drive straight through. But some of the people that were with us in the group were crying and wanted to get a room. But you should know you can't get a room in Jackson in either season, probably, unless you planned ahead a little bit, or or if you stay at the little Buffalo place. Because the Buffalo place, you can get a, it's called a painted Buffalo. Okay. It's after the Y on the way out. Anyway, mm -hmm. if you get a bottom room, you can park your bike inside. What? That does sound familiar, actually. I was always kind of like West Jackson. That's in Jackson. And like the mountain was so bad. It's Ice King because it like faces north. So it just gets all like wind, cold, horribleness. Like it's a better ice rink than Ski Mountain. <laughs> Okay. All right. That makes all right. sense. So, well, we were rolling through there and we didn't have no rooms. And so everybody wanted, not everybody, some people wanted to stop. They had their better halves whining at them. And so we had to get a room. We were on the phones trying to figure it out. And Snow King was the only place that had rooms. So we were like, sweet, Snow King, that's a nice place, right? So we'll go stay at the Snow King. So we, and the rooms were super cheap. And so we followed the address. And we rolled up on the Snow King, and it was Snow King Inc. instead of Snow King something else. It was actually uh, containers hauled in for the hill climbs. Yeah. They were just these containers that were split in half. And with a, what do you call it? A uh, Not a balcony. A porch built on the front of them. Mm. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was It was terrible, terrible. But... That's my that's my Jackson story. Sorry. Oh, wait, were you there for the hill climb? I've been to the hill climbs before. Yeah, I miss that. That was fun. Yeah, it was quite a quite a shindig. So how so how long did you? So you left at fourteen, mm -hmm. and then what? Because it seems like you moved around quite a bit. If you went to high school in Park City, is that your? Tell me more. Yeah. So I went to. I first went to Oregon. I lived at the Wendell's camp there. Uh, for my junior year of high school. 
which is, I mean, high school, it's like online school. And most of the kids that are in these programs, to be honest, are not really focused on academics. They kind of like push you through it so that you can like focus on whatever your sport is. And that's how the winter sports school in Park City is as well. But I think, yeah, I went Oregon, Utah. And then after high school, I moved to Colorado right before my 16th birthday is when I blew my knee out. And like, I didn't know it at the time, but that was like, I haven't been able to really snowboard since just turning on my heels. I lost half my meniscus. It was a whole like, honestly, wreck it rainy experience. <laughs> like how my luck is with bikes that happened with my leg. It was still pretty young. Like that's so long ago. It's making me feel so old. <laughs> it's not that long ago. I remember it. Easton doesn't, but I do. I, I mentioned I was doing some Google stalking. There is still a YouTube video floating around of you going through rehabilitation. Oh, probably. Do I have like yeah. a neon yellow shirt on? Yep. I I did watch oh, that. Weird. So, so they said they were going to fix you up. According to the video, they were going to fix you up. But there was no follow-up video and apparently they didn't quite <laughs> get you. What? Um, no, that, so that place, that physical therapist is actually awesome. He, uh, started his own practice or whatever. Um, and I followed him there. Like he was great. I just, I had three different doctors do six surgeries on my leg and two of them like totally messed it up. That's a nice word. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to keep the potty mouth <laughs> to a minimum year. But yeah. I had, I had three ACLs an LCL, a bunch of my meniscus is gone in the middle of one of my surgeries, my femur snapped. So they had to like ah, put all this hardware Jesus. in it. And in like the surgery? The yeah, in the middle of surgery. So I woke up and I was like, what went wrong? I remember looking at the clock and it was like not long enough for all the stuff I knew they needed to do. And I, I was like, what happened? <laughs> like, this is not right. And my body like rejected some cadavers and stuff. So it was like this whole, I mean, it took like, seven years I feel like to even like I tried to go back and I don't know I didn't want to like let go of snowboarding it was right it was really tough like uh because I trained with the Olympic team and then to like watch all my friends and competitors go and do that is like so gut-wrenching I just did not want to let go and one day it was like you know what this is not an adult life you can't just be like a ski bum partying in Colorado Expect yeah. to some people try it but wasn't for me. I mean, I you can. Aspirations. Like I came here and went to school and stuff, you know, started adulting. So you you mentioned in the beginning that you chose California because it's the, uh, you know, furthest thing from the snow. Was that because you don't like snow outside of snowboarding or because you didn't want to have to be reminded every year? So a big part of it was my parents are down here now also. Okay. So I was kind of like, I needed to go somewhere and it was just, I moved down here with them initially to figure out what I was going to do next and never left, I guess. Also, I'm going to keep referring to the Google. I just want you to know how, how much you can. <laughs> so you, you went to, you went to Platt college in San Diego. Yes. <laughs> that's on there. Yeah. So that's how, that's how you got. Well, I mean, that's the San Diego area, right? Yeah. So you mentioned a story about a Jeep watching the, with no air conditioning, watching the motorcycles drive by. Was that in San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. That was typical 15 South San Diego horribleness. So, so that puts you on a motorcycle in like what, 2015? Um, Later than that? Yeah. I feel like 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. So for Easton, that feels like a really long time. But for me, that, that says you haven't been on a motorcycle all like that long. <laughs> I feel like it hasn't been that long. <laughs> That's not that long. 
doesn't feel that long ago. It feels that long ago when I started thinking about like all the all the years, the fact that I moved across the country twice since then, whatnot. But it ain't that bad. Okay, so you got on a motorcycle. CBR 500. CBR 500, the fastest I, bike on the planet. Yeah, I'm curious. Did someone point you towards a CBR 500, or did you just walk in the store? Nope, I walked into a dealership, got ridiculously ripped off, but luckily yeah, totaled it. So, <laughs> Were you close to a military base? Um, I mean, all of San Diego is close to Therefore, a military base, yeah. That, that's why you got ripped off. Yeah, but I didn't know better, you know? <laughs> They just saw some chick that doesn't even know how to ride. I couldn't ride it yet. That's why I, my friend, he rode it home for me because I had no idea how to operate it. So I'm glad you went back to that because I sure wouldn't feel, I'm not trying to make it a female versus male thing, but I am surprised all the time how many, Easton there, you know, he's around military bases. I'm surprised all the time how many times he goes and picks up bikes for friends that are mm -hmm. purchasing them that don't know how to ride. So they... They don't want to get embarrassed at the dealership, so he just picks it up and drives it back to their garage for them, so they can wreck what? it in private. What was he supposed to? I I don't want to try and figure it out on the streets of San Diego. Are you <laughs> supposed to do it in the test ride? Just tell him you've been riding for years, and then. I did not have the confidence for that. <laughs> uh, I definitely knew a person that uh, wheelied his bike over doing that. Yeah, hadn't ever ridden before. Went to a dealer, said he had ridden before, and I forget what he was test riding, but something pretty. Pretty decent sized. Wheeled it over, oh, and they're like, Dude, "You're going home with that." He's like, "What? I don't even have my license." They're like, "Yeah, we don't care." You uh, good thing. Good thing he had like put in the loan application, I think, before he could test ride it. And yeah, ended up going home with a bike that already had scratches and dents on it, and it wasn't cheap, if I remember right. Uh, so. so that's not how you break it in. No, I don't think so. Well, um, uh, kind of is. Uh, something it depends on who you're talking to. I have I have done that, so. <laughs> so I know. So so I was gonna ask you. You know, I I sent you over. I was gonna ask you where the wreck it rainy name comes from, but I think we're gonna get that just from the conversation here. So maybe we'll move that to the end. That's a little rude. No, it's this. I've been I've been known to wreck some bikes. I mean, I, I haven't got a cool nickname or anything out of it. But, yeah, but you're you're just assuming that the rest of this conversation is just going to be wreck after wreck after wreck. <laughs> what that just sounded like. I mean, there's so many that we could talk about, right? <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong per se. I'm just you know. It was... All right, so we're on the CBR 500. We're doing a little canyon carving. We're uh, <laughs> pretending to drag knee. We're over exaggerating our leans. We're you know, we're doing all the cool things. What What's the next step? How do we get to the next step? Well, as cool as dragging hard parts through the canyons was, <laughs> um, a guy I was dating at the time, he, well, he was riding his dad's Ducati, but he always talked about how much he loved his Jixer and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know what? I'll go get a Jixer. And after the CBR was totaled, I just needed something different. And I had ridden a couple other friends bikes i know so i was that person where i was like dude i don't want a cbr 600 because that's only 100 more cc's like i need right. more power than that and i had ridden my friend cbr 1000 so i had never ridden a 600 but i couldn't get approved for a 1000 so that's why i ended up with the jixer 750 i was like all right we're we're kind of close you know and i guess it was really that guy's influence 
So Easton's got to know how you like the Jixer. Obviously, you didn't stick with the Jixer 750, so. Yeah. I still have that. Are you talking to me? I still mm-hmm. have that same Jixer 750. <laughs> what year is it? 2016. Hmm. So it is, yeah. But because I bought it in 2017, that's right. I had one get stolen. I bought one and it got stolen in a month. I had it for one month. And then I went to the dealer shop, the dealership, and I actually got the next one in production. I looked at the VIN and it was one number wow. off, you know, so I just pretended like it never happened. <laughs> but yeah, that bike, uh, I love that. It's got almost 40,000 miles on it and it's sitting in the trailer. I'm taking it to the track Friday because the R6 is down. But that's one where I actually crashed it on the way home from the dealership. <laughs> Like zero miles, just that's how you Wreck break it, it. in. I'm telling you, look at dude, this thing is still kicking. I told you, I right. told well, you, you, you heard it here first. The way to break in a motorcycle is by wrecking it <laughs> from Wreck It Rainy herself. That's good. I told you we wouldn't have to explain the name after we yeah, had the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to ask so, so Easton's a big Jixer guy. That's true. I mean, he's he's on here preaching from the mountains all the time about the Jixer being the greatest bike of all time. Why haven't you, cause fast forward, I know you're not racing one now regularly. That's not your racer of choice. How come you don't want to race thousands? Cause 750, I didn't want to race up. I didn't want to race in the open class. I wanted to race in the 600 class. And um, there was a demo Yamaha used to do demos at Femwalla. I don't know if they, I feel like it was BMW this year. I don't know. Um, but it was a demo day type thing. And I signed up to try out an R6 and first lap on this stock, like it was right when the 2017s had just come out. I was like, this is, this is it. Like, this is the bike. I just fell in love even on the stock one. I just couldn't afford the fancy one. So I went down a generation, but, um, that's what, and then I could race 600. I kept the 750s still street i put some crash fairings on it for the track if anything happened (laughs) i'd be so mad (laughs) so leading up to that point did you like had you taken the jigsaw to the track a few times yeah okay and i did i actually did nrs got my race license on it um but then i was in a car accident that put me out for a while uh i had a back injury so couldn't ride for like six months or so and then like i don't know just wasn't into it like i didn't race for like I think it was two years until after I got my race license. Wow. Okay. So got got the license, then got in the wreck, and then just kind of chilled for a little bit, and then eventually started racing. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it was we were in the middle of a lawsuit, and so uh, I couldn't have people like posting photos of me riding either, and like I just couldn't, I couldn't do a lot of stuff. I feel like you know. Mm-hmm. Quick question, kind of off off the wall, whatever the the knee seven surgery, all of that. Obviously, snowboarding was out. Does that at all come back while riding? No, no, no issues. Amazing, (laughs) yeah. It's I get asked that a lot, and it's surprising, you know, how much you have to like move and. But like, squatting is fine. It's just like that kind of twisting of like a heel side turn, that like specific motion, and then um, if it's really like choppy when you're snowboarding and stuff, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like a hard no also but you don't really get a lot of that on bikes all right so well there you go if you happen to be listening to this and you're a snowboarder and you have a knee accident motorcycles are for you (laughs) or are they air the wallet maybe (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. I'm, I might be skipping some things. Where do we need to go back to the Jixer? So you had the Jixer for, so you started racing it and you, you rode an R6 and decided that was the bike. And so you bought, you bought your first R6, how far into racing? Um, well, I never raced the 750. I just did the like new racer school on gotcha. it. So you can do that gotcha. on like street bikes. And then, um, I finally got a track R6. Oh man. 2018. Maybe I bought it on a Wednesday. <laughs> this is why I'm wreck it rainy. <laughs> bought it on a Wednesday. Didn't unload it. Went straight to the track and crashed it on Friday. Saw you nice. break it in. It's good. You should, you should was- be it. You should be a baseball player because you are batting a hundred. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I don't know what curse. It, someone told me I should get an exorcism recently, and I'm just saying it. <laughs> so, so you that it's interesting. It's interesting that you like the Jixer. She hasn't said any bad things on it, Easton. Because mm-hmm. I, I I fully get the argument. The 750 doesn't really have a home yeah. in our current world but so you went to an r6 i know you've had the opportunity to drive kawasaki's i'm not bringing well i wasn't going to bring that up but you have had the opportunity to drive kawasaki's yes i love my 110 (laughs) (laughs) that one that one uh, should i just say it go for it i mean i wasn't going to bring that up but that one may or may not got crashed also well, is it bad that I have to have you clarify which one? <laughs> so, okay. have, you, have you had a bike yet that hasn't been wrecked? Uh, no. Is that okay. all right? So we don't need to. Just, <laughs> like, there's no need to clarify because. Well, well, no. So I okay. So first of all, I have ridden um, ZX10 like the Gen Four and Five, and I actually really like the ZX10. But every ZX6 I've ridden, I have hated. I think I've ridden three different ones and one I rode twice when it had like uh, stock versus suspension. You know, I haven't liked any of them. I don't know what, like the gas tank seems weird to me. There's just something that I don't like about how the did bike it, handles. Do they feel weirdly heavy on the front end, but in a very yeah. just strange way? Yeah, just to handle it, it's weird. Yep. But um, okay. I borrowed a friend's in January and I got hit on the track. And luckily his bike was already like so crashed. He was about to tear it down for like a full rebuild anyway. So it got crashed at the right time, I guess. And then I was borrowing Anthony and Stacy's ZX6 in Colorado and someone in practice crashed into me on that bike. So I think the ZX6 is telling me to leave. Not only do I not like it, <laughs> but it just hasn't gone well. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's all of them. If you totaled your Honda and you've wrecked a Jixer and a Yamaha and a Kawasaki. Have you tried any Euro bikes? <laughs> I mean, if we're just going off what the bike's telling you and all of those. I, I well, the R6 so. is saying nice things to her. It's just still getting in incidences. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I'm trying to, I don't think I have. I mean, for good reason, I'm scared to just go out and borrow people's bikes, you know? <laughs> so I don't think I have. Funny side note, I think. So on your on your Instagram, there's a video of you getting hit at Chuckwalla and a guy being a prick in the parking lot. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say any more about that one. I, I don't know what happened after the fact. The uh, the funny thing about it is, well, long time before I knew you, obviously, uh, that popped up on 
my Instagram feed. I remember watching that years ago going, what a dick, you know, and thinking and and just watching that thinking and, and reading through the comments and seeing, you know, 90 percent are on your side. There's a 10 percent that's fighting the other way. But it was kind of a big deal. And I had never been to Chuck Wall at that point, knew nothing about it. I don't even think I was. Well, surely I wasn't even racing at that point. But years, a couple years later, or years later, or whatever, I know you now, and I go through your Instagram, and go, oh my gosh, that was her. <laughs> that was her. Well, I have to ask, what was your initial opinion on the video? Well, my initial opinion is the guy didn't commit to the corner. Um, I felt it's kind of hard to tell from a video, right? We know we know best when we're on the track generally, but I felt like he. If he would have committed to that corner, then it would have been no harm, no foul, potentially. But his uh, he went in there hotter than his ego could handle or used his ego and his talent couldn't handle. I don't know, but he stood it up. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's his... He went straight. That is honestly the most frustrating thing watching the video back is if he would have turned, it would have been like a dick move for a track day for sure. But like we both would have gone through the corner. <laughs> Yeah, it would have been fine, but he like wussed out. As soon as he went in there, he went, oh no, I'm hot and stood it up. Yeah, I try and so I, I've tried to kind of see it the other way as well. And um, I think he thought that I was going to break a lot more because I knew that Declan, the first guy that passed me on the inside, I knew he was coming through because he was working with Josh Hayes, who was in front of me. And like Josh passed me and I was like, all right, Declan is coming through like any second. And so after Declan went by is when I kind of, so like I don't, maybe the guy thought I was by no means like not on the throttle, just kicking it, you know, like I know better than that. Right. Um, but I think the guy just thought I was going to like slow down way more by the way that like Declan kind of went and he's probably trying to keep up with Declan too. So I don't, that's really like the only thing I can think of, but I don't know. It's tough. No. It was more, I, dude, the way he acted was like, it was just so disrespectful and kind of like sad to see. We have such a small like community. So I've hit someone and it sucks to like take a step back and admit it and apologize, you know, but you have to like learn from that. And like now the person that I hit, we're, we're still friends. We still race together. It's fine. This guy, because this was in January, so almost a year now, still can't stand the dude. Like, I don't know. Mickey had to go tell him three times to go apologize to me. So when he finally came over, I was like, if someone was to tell you to do it. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. yeah. Is that after the clip from your video? The apology? Or was that I the apology? Because that was on Saturday and he came over on Sunday. But it was also uh, Anthony had to go because he was just riding kind of like crazy person. Like because I was corner working, too. And so we were just keeping an eye on what he was doing. It was all bad. Like he ran off track and he said it was his first time back in a while. And I was like, that's no excuse to be running people off track. And so he actually, Anthony and Stacy were working together and he like tried to get both them on the brakes and like something happened. So Anthony had to go have a chat with him on Sunday. And the dude was like, he was like, I didn't hurt anyone yesterday because Anthony brought up like, stop, you're going to hurt people. And uh, I don't know what he's talking about because I broke my foot, sprained my ankle. So I don't know if he's talking about someone else, but uh it was just it was pretty crazy um, so he's still around he's still going there I... 
Well, he, so the first time we saw him was at the track day massacre. He was there. And then I saw he raced last round at CVMA. He was like signed up for expert, but then sandbagged the amateur classes. So he's like not a slow dude. He like podiumed in the amateur classes, you know, but uh, his apology consisted of him also talking about how he was like pro in Italy and race super sport there. So you'd think <laughs> such a fast guy would be able to handle expert club racing, right? Well, yeah, it's a good apology. You know, I think I think that guy that hit me. See, I've I've had a similar situation. Not to bring that up again, but I was blatantly hit in Vegas. I mean, I think you've heard that story, yeah, but that's right. I think we talked about this one. Yeah, and and that guy just split. And the thing is, is we're racing, right? And or track days or whatever, you're taking a chance. I think we all get that. Yeah, you're taking a chance, and you know, I. When I'm riding around there, I I don't think I've been that guy yet. I know I haven't put anybody down, but I'm not naive enough to think that it couldn't happen. Like the the thing that happened to me in Vegas, I wasn't the guy left like I was going to ask him to pay for my bike. That's what I felt like. He was scared that I was going to yeah. go after him to try to get my bike paid for, and it was unfortunate, but that thought never crossed my mind. I mean, it was it was 100% his fault, but that happens at that happens on the track. That's a chance all of us are taking. Yeah. It's all about how you handle it afterwards. Like when I got hit in uh turn one in like March or April or whatever, it was just an incident. But like the guy that hit me, like came and apologized. Totally fine. We're both still happy people. You know, like you said, it's a risk that we should all know and accept, but you just yeah. got to handle it properly. Like being adult about it afterwards. Yeah. And it, it sucks for sure, but, like I said. Yeah, it is, like, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't, like, cheap things to crash, so it's kind of like, yeah. So let me sneak. Did you have a different one? Yeah, well, I, you mentioned not cheap things to crash, um, and as as we're learning, I think, slowly, maybe not so slowly, uh, you like to crash them a little bit. <laughs> so do you do your own maintenance? Do you fix your bikes yourself? That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> I try to do everything I can, but what I haven't done yet, because I'm in the process of doing it for the first time, is build an engine. So I always took it to Bryce, and he's been, like, absolutely incredible of, like, dealing with my shit, basically. <laughs> like, it's we've both lost our ass on my bike. Yeah, it's all one bike that we just keep having to friggin' put together. But, yeah, he's helped with all the, like, engine and tuning stuff i try and do everything else because i i love it i love working on bikes and like helping tie out at the track and stuff i love playing crew chief too does that come from like just from starting to go to the track or that's a good question i don't know i see it as like adult arts and crafts kind of it's like a All fun right. project <laughs> I'm gonna so are you now are you like easton then easton's a guy that thinks if there's an instruction manual he can read it so why can't he do it as that's long true. as there's instructions? Yeah. It, it sounds like that's how you're kind of handling some of the stuff. Yes. I huh? will say currently the hardest part with rebuilding this most recent engine that I blew up is like, there's the service manual. You can read the instructions. It's like, cool. This isn't that hard, but I'm finding out that I don't know what, like, so like the valves that I got in this head that I bought, 
they're like worn, but I don't know if they're like okay to use or not. And that's like the hardest part. That's not in the instructions, like a specific, like, yeah, don't use this part anymore and stuff, but I'm still loving it. And that's what friends are for. I'm taking photos and Fuzzy's been my advisor and Bryce is helping out a lot too. I'm sure he's glad to not have it in the shop though. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're, bringing, you're bringing the Jixer. You're going to be at Chuckwalla this weekend, next weekend. Um, pretty sure i have to double check that i can use the work truck since my truck just broke <laughs> truck bike dude it's so bad <laughs> whoever is writing my life needs to stop what's wrong with the toyota toyotas don't break the throwout bearing and That's everyone keeps saying bad. just do it yourself but i don't i just don't have like the time to go learn how to do something new and i hate working on the truck it's so big well why don't you just drive it with the throwout bearing the way it is it's only annoying when you get a big mac it's so loud. It's, <laughs> it's when I turned it on to take, cause I posted a video on my Instagram story and I, I had to plug my ears. I didn't realize how loud it was cause I always have the door closed, but I had the door open and I was like, Oh my, <laughs> when it first started making the really bad noise, cause it, it was slowly starting to sound weird, you know? Uh, it was at the grocery store and I, there were two people that literally did this, like, ah, oh, what the heck? Everyone was staring at me. So it's like, I don't want to break something worse than it's already broken by driving it but the work truck is a it's a tacoma also but it has the tow package which is nice it's like way better gas mileage so fingers crossed i can use that if not i i don't know ride the jigsaw there well, I'd offer it you down tape it up and go for it <laughs> good to go yeah Does so I mean, is ty coming also um he was he talking about helping? maybe one day or something but Probably not, because he works weekends now, so it's really hard for him to get those days off. It does make it difficult. Yeah, working weekends. I had a question. I forgot. Racing, racing. So you've been racing since like 2018. We decided. Um, I just did my first year as an expert, so I've been racing for three years. Three years. Okay. How has that been? I guess that's a very broad question, but. What's um, a, what are the positives? Let's keep the wrecking out of it for a second. Yeah. Well, the the weekend at Laguna when CRA raced there and Ty proposed, that was a pretty cool race weekend. How'd you do in the race? I, I know you said yes, but how'd you do in the race? Dude, you can't say no incidents. So I was winning. Like, it, was, <laughs> it sounds so bad. It was like my race to lose, and I had passed my friend in rainy corner and at that point, like I knew I was faster than like I just had to finish the race. And then my bike overheated and just on the front on the front straight, I was out of the race. So like that was kind of a bummer. But it was cool to know that I was like up there and you know what I mean? Like fun battles and I could have been good. But like I always have a blast. That's why I keep coming back, you know. I think the past year, every time I went back, I set a PR. And so like even though the weekend never, literally never ended, right? I would look at the times and be like, oh, I think I can do better, you know? So uh, somehow I found a way to have fun with all of it. So what do you think the, so I'm on my own journey, as you know, but what do you think the, how normal is it? You, you race for three years and you got your expert. Mm -hmm. Is that a normal progression? Do you see people yellow number it for 20 years and then finally switch over? 20 years? I don't know. I'm just throwing out a he's, weird He's number. just worried about it. So oh. I'm not worried. My goal year, is to so. be there. My goal is to be there this year. I think it's whatever you're comfortable with, but, like, don't be a sandbagger. Like, I I wasn't comfortable going up to expert yet, and I was still, like, mid-pack amateur, 
even though I had enough points to like technically move up. I just knew that my like skill level, I didn't think I would have had fun in expert. And so amateur towards the end of the season is like when I started a podium, you know, I wasn't starting out in top three by any means. Yeah. We don't, we don't like sandbaggers. Right. I mean, Correct. I, I'm, I'm not that guy. That's why I used to drag race and that's why I got out of it because I don't know how familiar you are with drag racing or bracket racing. So in, in bracket racing, they have, you have to write the time that you think you're going to run in your window because in drag racing, the guy with the most money always wins. That's one of the things I really love about motorcycle racing. Cause that's not true. It's help. It helps to have money, <laughs> but you still gotta, you still gotta be able to turn the throttle the right way. Uh, with drag racing, it's a little more straightforward. If you got a lot of money, you win the race. So they need to keep a bunch of people involved. So they do what's called bracket racing. You decide what time you think you can run. So if you think your car can run a 10, you write a 10 in the window, and then you need to run as close to 10 as possible without going faster. Okay. So great, right? It, it, so everybody if you, can play. If you break it, that run doesn't count correct yeah it's called a breakout and you're eliminated the other guy wins automatically so i hated that it, it just turned me off to the sport completely because you had these guys out there in 5-0 mustang automatic straight off the showroom floor that would push the gas exactly the same way they would you know whatever and you've got you've got cars running nines and eights in the same class with a car that's running a 14 and he could run a 14 every single time. I'm not I'm not a sandbagger. I always got eliminated. I broke out all the time when I was doing that because the car could go faster. Got to go faster. Well, I feel the same way about the motorcycle race. If somebody told me I could get a trophy for finishing second and I thought I had a chance at first, I'd try, I'd go for it. Yeah. So, no sandbagging here, but I, I hear that that's a problem at your home racetrack that we're attending. It's weird. I think there are just a lot of fast amateurs, though, too. Like, if you're just out there and it's, like, one or two people that are miles ahead, then, like, that's bad. But then, I don't know. There are a couple really, like, the amateurs are faster than when I raced the amateur, for sure. People were, like, like, people did 59s. It was, like, podium. And now the amateurs are doing, like, 54s and stuff. So, hmm. um it's pretty crazy. The grids are just huge too. So it's almost like I want people to stay in amateur because we already have 35 on the grid and expert. We don't need anymore. <laughs> that's a, that's a Chuck Walla. What other, I mean, you've been in San Diego for a while. What other tracks have you been to down there? You mentioned Laguna. Yeah. And I, I wish I went to Button Willow more. I have a lot of fun at that track. I just like the weekends are always conflicting and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I've been to Big Willow and Streets of Willow. The farthest I've been is uh, Colorado. We went to HPR. Okay. Vegas, then, Utah. And then you were, were you at Podium Club? Yes. Um, yeah, Podium yeah. Club too. So, do you have a, you have a favorite racetrack? I know it's so basic to say Laguna, but I do love that track, and I love Podium Club. After that CRA race weekend, I was like, sold on it. Like, can't wait to go back and. The track day massacre was my first time going the other way, and that was also super fun. It's nice when a track is just as fun, like both directions. Which, which direction? Curious. Which directions is a? Do you have a preference? I guess. 
You mentioned you liked them both. So. I think I liked uh, Clockwise, the way that we raced, because uh, it has, like, the front straight to that hairpin, and mm-hmm. it's just so fun to, like, dump a bunch of gears into that, like, super slow turn. Okay, hairpin. I'm trying to remember. So you know that me and Easton have been to a lot of tracks, and I've, I've told you my favorite, I think, is Thunder Hill. I got to go back and confirm. I got to I got to go back and confirm. I I really liked it, but I've only done it Let's one time. Let's go. I need to make the trip too. Tell me when. But do me a favor and choose a time that's a little warmer. I know. It's like you chilly know right now, huh? Yeah, you know what I had to do today? I had to f- flush both bikes the antifreeze out of them because they're not in a heated shop cuz it's not an- antifreeze. Well, I I flushed the antifreeze out. And it put wasn't. water in them and then put them in a heated spot. And they're sitting in a heated spot. I'm leaving Wednesday morning. He still looks like he doesn't agree with any of this. Well, you yeah. said you said you flushed antifreeze out. Antifreeze would be non, like it wouldn't freeze. Yeah. I had so antifreeze you... in it so that it wouldn't freeze. But now I'm going oh, racing, okay. so I had to all flush right, it now out. Now you can put the new stuff in. Got it. Okay. Understood. So right, I put right, the right, new right. stuff in, but I don't even dare put them in my trailer because it's like 20 degrees here. And so they're sitting in the shop underneath the radiant heater so that I can quickly throw them in the trailer and floor it and try to make it far enough through Utah that they're not frozen by the time I get to California. It's a hassle. Yeah, it's a fun It's a fun time trying to do track days from Utah in the winter. I remember when I came down from Washington, I accidentally dropped a slick on the ground and thought I almost cracked it in half because it was... I don't know if you've had a cold that uh, slick that cold, but when they get cold, they they get like rock rock. solid. It's like a whole different world to me. I mean, it's so it's going to be like 65 is the high this weekend at Chuck. And I'm like, dang, that's cold. People are like, what (laughs) are you talking about? Which is crazy because I used to live in the Rocky Mountains, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Wyoming. Yeah. I almost, I forgot to tell you, I almost put one of my bikes down actually trying to drive it into the other shop through the snow yeah, you didn't tell me that it's you know it makes sense that a slick wouldn't do good in snow yeah just a little but, bit uh, it, it did so bad that i got off and was trying to walk beside the bike and when it got inside the shop where the cement was warm there was snow on the tires and it just and then... it started noodling like you couldn't hold it up i was trying uh... to grab it all it was just the back would slide then the front would slide i was like oh my gosh i don't want to wreck it rainy I got. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I, I gotta. I gotta keep this up. Well, let's let's talk about your your business adventures. Uh, with uh, Bison. Yeah. Yeah, I started that. Uh, it's just a side gig last year. Um, it's been really cool. It's like an interesting way to stay like connected with the community and talk to people, even like around the country. It's kind of once people like figure out that I ride, also it always like turns into another conversation and. It's cool to like connect with people. And then, of course, I love the design. It's always cool to see something on your computer in real life happen. Um, it is surprising how many people forget about me after they get their suit. And I like never get to see the person in their suit. They'll be so nice throughout the process. And then like, I don't know. So it's nice. Like I have people that'll text me like on track photo and stuff. You know, like, I don't know. It's cool. I like see it. the work come to uh, fruition or whatever. Yeah. I showed you mine. I know. I was sad because I the first time I saw you though you didn't have it on. I was like, oh, it doesn't fit. Like, what happened? Because <laughs> that's the worst, especially with like Frank. Because things happen. 
Um, like sometimes we'll mess up the measurements or the factory or whatever. Like we have a policy that covers all that. You know what I mean? So people aren't just like left out to dry, but like it is kind of a process. So like I didn't measure tie right for his and it's like awkward and just a downer. And once the gear is back and fitting, right, it's like happy, but, um, it can be kind of stressful in that situation, you know? Well, when I called you the other day, I was trying to tell you, did you really think there was something wrong? Did I get you there for a minute or no? I called her and said, oh, this, I told her the threads were falling out. They like rotted out from the sun or something. And like, it just completely fell apart. No, I mean, I uh, my, my suit's great. That was, it was, uh, it definitely fits better than any suit I've ever owned. That's I good. just, I just, uh, I have two suits now and I, I keep thinking, why not? save that one for the the races or the special events yeah and not ruin it when i inevitably crash well definitely don't wear it at vegas for you yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what that's actually like the joke that's that's the joke over there why i haven't gone there yet because every time he goes he that track is weird i i think it's the like surface I don't know. I never feel like good on that track. I I love that track though. I've done it in both directions. I've I've been there three times. I've crashed twice and hauled the bike home in pieces. And the one time I went there, I called it a day because I was having shoulder issues and I didn't think I was safe on the track anymore after almost taking some people out. My shoulder would keep like glitching. Let's call it glitching. Yeah. And I just lo- would lose strength in it like a nerve. And a couple times in different corners, it just like popped. And I was like, you know what? That's definitely scary. <laughs> yeah. If it was just me, that's fine. But I have people around me. I didn't want to do that. So three trips, three, three failures, basically. Fourth time's a charm. <laughs> Fourth time's a charm. Let's go, Easton. All right. Sounds good. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll pack up the bus and get out there. But I'm down with going to Thunder Hill. You tell me when. Where do you live? Uh, Can I I just bring a bigger trailer? I'll pick you guys up. Uh-huh. Dude, it's like 11 hours. You're right. Let me look it up real quick. Thunder Hill's not close. There's a reason we haven't gone it's, yet. You know, it's 11 California hours is for... way bigger than people seem to think it is. Well, I know that, but it's, it's, it's like 11, 12 hours for me. Also, that was nine, nine hours for me. I know, but I'm not used to riding every track in the country like you. Well, that's because you still have hope to be a professional. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm getting uh, like how my professional snowboarding career went. The vibes of like, no, sorry, I'm serious. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I don't know. Well, so what what all classes are you racing in down? And like, is it just CVMA or you race? USBA, anything else? Um, CRA. What? You're also going to have to give me words. I'm not so good with the air. California Racing Association. There are two CRAs, too. There's, I think it's Central Road Racing in Minnesota. So the California CRA. That's who you raced at Laguna with, right? Yeah. And then we raced with MRA at HPR, sort of. I did that. It was actually my first real race weekend i hate calling it my first real 
race weekend, but the first time I signed up for a race was at CVMA and I just did Femwalla and it was me and one other girl. So it was a race, but it was not a race. So it's my first race. race weekend was with MRA um, at HPR. And then, what, oh yeah, we did a round with AFM, uh, the NorCal organization, and we did not have a good time. So <laughs> haven't been back, which is a bummer because of Thunderhill, they race there. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which track did you do that round at? Uh, Button Willow. I'm trying to remember, I always get mixed up with where I know there's like the conglomerate of tracks that are all within three to four hours of San Diego, and then you go north and you've got Laguna and then Thunder and then Sonoma. I think yeah, I don't remember where Sonoma is, but anyway, yeah, Sonoma's up there too. So you mentioned Femwalla. I've heard of Femwalla, and not much more beyond that. Yeah, so there's the like track day charity event, which is just this past Friday. It's just an all women's uh, track day. Everything goes to the charity that the track owner supports. And it's a really cool event. There's a raffle with sick price. We donated um, $1,000 in bison bucks, and like JP donates training, which is super expensive. And then there's Femwalla with just like the race class with CVMA, and that's just the all women's class. There's an open one, and then there's an ultra lightweight class for okay. so you, you mentioned that there was just two of you at the first one there's a lot more that go now yeah right? it's definitely they were talking after my first year they were like we don't even know if we're going to do femala which i heard is what happened to usba like eons ago and then it happened to mra as well when i did my first race weekend there they had the ladies of the rockies but then like when one or two people sign up like what's the point of the class you know and so they were talking about that with cvma they were like not enough women are doing this why you know we could do something else and plus the baggers were bugging us about getting their own class um and then all of a sudden it's like all the women heard and they were like let's go sign up i mean there's like three at least three rows in the open class and then a bunch of the ultralight uh ultra lightweight bikes as well so it's pretty cool to see it's not bad so not not to put you on the spot, but I have to ask, what do you, do you think it's a good thing to separate women and men in racing? Yeah, I yeah. I was so scared even to sign up for that tiny little femwalla race. I think it's a good stepping stone, and I know it sounds like a cop out to have that stepping stone into it, but um, I mean I'm not gonna lie, it's nice to have that and. Again, if attendance was a problem, yeah, get rid of it. But it's a really fun. I mean, I don't want to say relaxing because, like, I don't. We don't. We don't mess around in that class either. You know, <laughs> like, I, would, I would not imagine. Yeah, we're not putting around out there, so I think it's worth it. So, do you? You've raced in that, and then raced in other classes. Do you prefer Femwalla over just open to whoever, or is, does it just have its place whoever. where? I mean, I think like when I do kind of start racing a bit again, I'll probably just do Femwalla for like cost reasons. And it's nice to have less people after I've been in so many incidents. I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, (laughs) (laughs) get away from me, all you crazy boys. Uh, Well, yeah, I know Moto America there. They've talked about it. A couple times. The reason I was asking the question, Moto America's talked about it a couple times about trying to make a women's class. And I know some people like Kayla, she's been quoted as saying she doesn't want to race the girls. 
She wants to race. She doesn't want a separate class. But like you said, the intimidation factor of getting in and doing it. I mean, it was intimidating for me, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it is for everybody. But like you said, a, a, a stepping stone, if it gets more women to come to the sport, that's good. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, w- I would definitely call motorcycling in general a, a male-dominated sport, for sure. But anymore, I mean, it almost seems like I, it's definitely not switching the other way. But, I mean, any track day that I go to, it seems like there's I'm definitely seeing amount. more and more women out there. I feel like, you know, we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Easton said you already got me. Yeah. That's what he said before you got on here. So I don't remember the exact words, but you guys are supposed to compare lap times and see who's who's actually faster. <laughs> how much fa- how much faster than me are you? What's your best time at Utah on the West? Um, I did some thirty fives in a race. See, yeah. <laughs> so on an R six, I would assume. Yeah, so she got she got five seconds on me and four hundred less CCs. Sorry. The 600s are easier to ride. I don't know how you guys race these friggin' leader bikes. It's crazy. It's a lot of stuff to handle. That would be... So that's an interesting question. Since you brought it up, how many women are racing? Like, is there a... Are leader bikes allowed in Femwalla? They're allowed because the open class is just mm-hmm. like any open class, you know? We mostly just wanted to separate the little bikes from the big bikes because that's where it just, like sucks if there's like people similar in lap times on those two different bikes you just like like passing the straight passing the corner and slow each other yeah. down it sucks uh but there aren't any chicks on leader bikes yet people are telling me to switch but I, I did have a lot of fun when i signed up for the open race at cvma that was that was a blast but i don't think i like actually riding the leader bikes you know <laughs> you signed up and just ran it with your bike yeah or- with r6 R6s. The greatest bike said, of all time, Easton. You said you've got the older generation though still? Yeah, the what? Third gen? It's a pieced together like 2012-ish. Um, but I did the 17 plus conversion, so it looks like a fancy R6. Okay, so you got the newer fairings on there, but yeah. older. Yeah. So How... let's, let's, Let me pose this question a different way. Money's no object. You're going to buy a new bike for for track purposes. Is it a factory ordered R6? That's a good question. Do I get to like test some bikes out first? Not for I, this analogy. I have been just dreaming about having a perfectly set up 2017 plus R6 since I demoed that one at Femwalla many years ago. But those are just so overpriced it's absurd i i don't know i don't know if overpriced is the right word but like they're just all like 15 grand and like not even exactly what i want you know so yeah they're only, over, they're only overpriced if you're not comparing them to like a ktm rc8 or whatever or yeah well, when the manufacturer decides to discontinue one of the most popular sport bikes i still don't you know. understand that thought i am curious to see how the r9 will be but um i'm pretty sure it's a triple and mm-hmm. when i wrote ty used to have the daytona 
and I don't think I liked the triple. I don't know. I like the high RPM R6. Just keep it at redline. Interesting. I've ridden at Daytona. I I liked it a lot, but I like a more broad power band. Yeah. So, I, I mean, they still rev out to 15,000. So. Well, I think Ty's was like like 13. It was it was low. But I loved how nimble that uh, the 675 is. Those It, yeah, it was fun. Super skinny. Yeah, it was so light. But then just when you do this, I was like, come on. And then like, what? Shift already? <laughs> I'm still, you know, not to go back, but I'm I'm kind of on this Euro thing. Maybe you should switch to a Euro bike. Cleanse the demons. <laughs> you just maybe, want to run a BMW. A, no, I'm not trying to sell another BMW. I'm saying maybe an RS660 or something. I tried one of those and I don't think I'm a twins person either. I want to ride an R7. I'm curious, but um, I, don't, I tried the 660 and I really wanted to like it because those are getting popular. So everyone's saying, oh, it's the best and stuff. So maybe I went in with like too high expectations, but I really like I gave it a chance for sure and just wasn't feeling it. That's so, I mean, if you're a Ninja 400 RR is her bike if she didn't, you know, not get along with the ergonomics. Yeah, so, because, yeah, you say you like the R6 for the, you know, if you don't even like a triple, you're you're not going to like a twin, in, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I'd, I've thought the same thing. Often, I want to I wanna go get a 660 or an R7. I think they both look great. Everyone says they're so great, but I don't know. In my head, I need to ride a smaller bike because I'm not that great. So I need to go get on a smaller bike and get good first. But then I think about riding a smaller bike, and I'm like, yeah, but, I mean... Why do that when you can just have a bigger, faster bike? Yeah, I think everyone's different. Like, there's always that argument of like, oh, start small and work up. But like, I'm pretty sure Anthony like just started racing the ZX10. <laughs> like, he just went yeah. for it, you know? Yeah, we about that. Like, I just went CBR to the 750 and have been middleweight life ever since. So you've never tried a Jixer 600, though? Um, I did race one. Just one. Yeah. Not as good as the R6. I love Jixers too. Okay. I mean, it's tough. I definitely prefer the R6 for the handling. Like, I feel like Jixers kind of lag a little bit more. Um, and you sit a bit more in the bike than on top. I like that aspect of the R6 a lot. But I just really love I love my 750, really. That's good to hear. I also like my 750. And I like so mine too. It's true. You do talk great about it. So there's just nowhere for it in the world. There is if you have uh, $8,000 to put into the throttle. To volume. make it slower. Yeah, I which know. would take away why why most people like it so much. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that, that's that's why I, I know that the world is going through a transition. I know that CVMA is doing a great job at trying to be at the forefront of that. But it just, it just sucks to take a 750 and detune it basically and it's the same thing with the like the ducati v2 mm -hmm. yeah well that, that class has the jixer 750s in it too it's it's weird to me that you do that instead of the other companies coming up to compete i just wish that there were two separate classes so like there's like stock 1000 and superbike right there should be like a 600 class and then there can be like a next gen class. It sucks that they're all together, which is what CVMA is trying to do. Really, we made that change so that we can accommodate so many people from Moto America come practice with us. 
and um we got a lot of complaints last year like about that so it ended up not being as much of a hassle as we all kind of expected it to be you know there are only a couple out there because not every club racer can go convert their jixer 750 or the v2 and the requirements are pretty crazy like you said just to make it slower <laughs> i agree i, I think I think we just need to ignore it for a couple of years and let people figure it out. Cause I was in a USBA meeting the other day, listening to those guys talking about where does this bike go and where does that bike go? And, <laughs> and somebody from, you know, the fifth row of the audience would be like, well, what about this bike? And they're just bringing in all this crazy stuff from where do you put this? I don't know. They need just a run what you brung class. Yeah. <laughs> The also ran class. Yeah. Isn't that what the dash is? That's just like an open race at the end of the day to like yeah. any bike, right? Yeah, that's true. And, and I don't know for me, if you're gonna, I'm just coming up with this opinion on the fly for the record, but if you want to like seriously race and you're, it's your thing, that's what you're going to do. Then go buy an R6 or go buy a R1. If you're serious about racing, don't go buy an RS 660. Mm -hmm. Not the not because the bike's bad. It's just they're not going to be able to make a class for every single yeah. flavor under the sun. As all these guys are, all these companies. I mean, like the Kawasaki 400 RR, the Ninja 400 RR. There's no class for that. It's awesome bike. I love it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't rode one, but the <laughs> the concept's awesome. But you I haven't heard <laughs> I haven't heard anything bad about it yet. To be fair, um, yeah, we we talked to you. See, there was a bunch of them at the massacre. We happened to be parked by some of the gentlemen that had them. We were talking to them, and they're all selling their thousands. They're all moving to that bike. It's the greatest thing ever. But there's no class for it. Yeah, yeah. we've had a lot of people ask, and they they would just have to race up. They race against the twins, so like the ZX4 would have to race against the 660s and stuff. Is where they live now. Interesting. Because we don't want to like. So a big complaint yeah complaint about afm and the way they run things is they have too many classes they're one of the few orgs that still does the open 750 and 600 and just mm -hmm. all this stuff and that's like the last thing you want to do as a race org is just create way too many classes so we're just trying to avoid that but if it becomes like if the ultra lightweight classes are basically just ninja 400s now it's almost like a spec class right. so i don't know if enough people get those bikes i'm sure we would make it happen it'll be interesting to see um i don't know i was talking to a buddy just the other day he was looking at he's got an ninja 650 he goes to the track a little bit but he's like looking to figure out his next bike wants doesn't know if where, where to go basically you know kind of because of this this conversation because it's like if you if you pick up a bike because you like it but it doesn't fit into racing then is it worth picking up but then also ninja kawasaki's gonna go create this random bike that doesn't have a class why again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah again uh one why are they doing that too you know are there talks behind the scenes with other manufacturers are they just hoping that there is going to be or is there some racing group somewhere that's moving them towards that i don't i don't know it's interesting but yeah the biggest argument i've heard for the small bikes that i actually understand uh there was a a dude at Carolina Motorsports Park that was riding a RC390, and I was talking to him about it, and he just said, I'll never go back to a leader bike because this is my eighth track day on this set of tires. Yeah. So. I am envious 
of the tire aspect and gas too. Like, I don't know. I finally, it took me a long time actually to ride a little bike on the track. I rode an R3 for the first time, like last year. I don't know, man, just not for me. I like watching the racing because people are like, you got to be kind of savage on those, right? So mm -hmm. like the racing is super entertaining to watch, but it's not for me. And I, like you said, Cole, I feel like if you want to like just R6, go find some cheap R6 that works, you know? Yeah, or... I don't know if uh, if the listeners know this or not, but you can get a track ready R6 from Yamaha still for I think cheaper than most used ones on on the marketplace these days. Yeah, because we're coming in at what twelve five? No, they're they're fourteen, but that's 14? what 14? that's what Randy was saying. You still gotta. I mean, it's set up well, but you know. Well, because they they had the GYTR one, and that one was like eighteen or nineteen, but I thought. Yeah, I thought the race one, which I'm pretty sure what Yamaha did, they just had a bunch of leftover parts right. and they need to sell the rest of these like bikes off. So they're like, let's just make a race version. But it's like like the belly pan. It doesn't have a belly pan. So you can't buy that bike and go race it. You have to get like bearings and stuff like that. That's why I think it was a little like, oh, we've got to get rid of inventory type of thing. Right. Do like street anymore. I don't know. I just... I hope they bring the. I hope Yamaha brings the R6 back, and then I hope that Moto America kind of changes. They used to have a stock 600 thing, and it just sucks to see like really good bikes kind of just die off. You know. I'm yeah. sorry, but neither one of those things are probably happening. Yeah. I can dream. <laughs> you can dream. I, you know, I I have my own dreams that I know aren't coming. But <laughs> you know, the best thing, the best thing that we could all do, everyone, just go buy either a CBR 600 or a Jixxer 600. If every single person in the U.S. went and bought one of those bikes, Yamaha would be like, whoa, did we make a mistake? I guess. Can't they just look at like any middleweight grid and see that more than half of the bikes are R6s? But I know that like track people aren't their target market. It's a street thing. Yeah. Yeah, because track people will put the bike down and then rebuild it and then put it down again and rebuild it and put it down and rebuild it. Whereas on a street, you put a bike down one, you're probably totaling it to... Even if you're not, people are more likely to just go get another one. Yeah, but after they total it, it's us track people that go scavenge. <laughs> those parts. Which is, yeah, <laughs> which is why. Street bikes so that those people can crash them and I can go get their parts. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, you know, that website. I don't remember what it's called now. Oh, that yeah. website I'm always bragging about trying to find a wrecked bike. Auction website. Yeah. Crashtoys.com. Oh, like Crash yeah. Is that really what it is? Yeah. Crashtoys.com. They just have wreck bikes, four-wheelers, razors, all that kind of stuff. But there was a bike that happened to be close to me. So I bid on it for a little while and then gave up. And it is now on KSL for sale for the same price that he wanted off the auction. Oh, so he didn't actually... He wanted you know off the auction. He's got it at his house now. But yeah, he, he was bidding it was on more it. damage than he thought. He was bidding on it and won and then never cleared it with the wife. That might be true also. <laughs> yeah. So then he's like, uh, hey, I have to buy this. And I'm thinking about making him a lowball offer. That would be a <laughs> where, good opportunity. Where do I go I mean, get some wheels for my bike? Speaking of scavenging. The internet? <laughs> so For your BMW? My, yeah. So my old one? My my old one, I have like four sets of wheels, and I can buy them for like ninety nine bucks off of eBay. 
And basically at 99 bucks, if they're banned, I just throw them in the garbage for the person. Right. But on the new Jan, or the newest Jan, they're like $2,500 minimum for a stock takeoff wheel. Okay, yeah. So like a stock wheel, nothing fancy. Yeah, I'm just trying to get an extra because what a pain in the butt it is to be at the track without an extra set of wheels when you're trying to change tires as fast as you go through them. Well, especially at like Utah doing the one day racing thing, you need extra wheels for sure. Um, I don't know. Hit up. Do you know Jeff Whitmer that does Long Beach BMW down here? He's going to be at CVMA also, right? Yeah. He's the one with the big trailer. Yeah, the big BMW. It's in the background of the pictures all the time. Yeah. He'll know. I mean, since he works for, he's a service man- manager at the dealership, so he'll be able to help. I'm not saying, yeah, you'll get them for $99. But you would have there. I'm just looking for a reasonable price. Yeah. He should I, mean, be able I, don't, to help. I don't want to be able to buy, you know, I don't want to be like $300 away from buying MotoGP wheels. Yeah. That's pretty a, crazy. Yeah. 2500 sounds like, sounds carbon fiber pricey. Yeah. These are just stalkers on eBay. They're ridiculous. Crazy. That's nuts. But well, anyway, we better let you go. Yeah. We've taken enough of your time. We appreciate you coming on. Is there anybody you want to shout out while you're here? Yourself? Your... <laughs> shout out to Colin Easton for having an awesome podcast. <laughs> hey, thanks. Uh, no, that's it. Sweet, sweet. Well, hey, in the description, I will have we'll a put link. bison leathers in there. Yeah, for bison. And if you need bison leathers, go to Rainy. Put your contact in there if we could. Yeah, Why and then when you contact? when you when you get them, you know, make sure you send her a picture. <laughs> Don't so. forget about me. Send her a picture. Mm. I bought some. It went wonderful. Her design was great, and I'm sorry I didn't come show them to you sooner. Now I feel bad. How dare you? I, I didn't mean to scare you. You're supposed <laughs> to take that the mirror selfie, you know. Yeah, send it I over. That, I don't know if that's kosher. The on track photos. Yeah, we'll be more. On track we have a lot of we've been getting a lot of like drag suit orders so hopefully we'll get like some photos of those too interesting do you guys have a different suit for drag racing yeah okay so I was yeah say, we do like flat track suit people don't know that about right. us often, i didn't know. i mean well there you go buy some leathers leather together you know yeah they have it all hey what all right how easy is it to do a repeat order on just the gloves easy i really like the gloves yeah even when i was wearing the other shoe i was wearing the new gloves uh do you want to do a different design or same 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 thing i mean it might as well match yeah we can do that you save all the files so i can order the suit every crash yeah perfect i finally had i had one customer ask like oh do you have all my old stuff and i couldn't find it find it so i hit up rob and he was like, that was literally like the fifth suit we ever made. This guy <laughs> hit us up. And so we didn't have the files, but that's the only one. Hmm. He didn't want to change size or anything? No, he said it fit perfect. So he visited Vegas is what you're saying. <laughs> that's what I think happened. So in- interesting question real quick before we, before we all sign off about the bison leathers. Do you have to have bison on the back? 
the back accordion panel is a required one but if it's too like loud for people i'll put like basically a black print if it's black leather or like you can print gray on gray leather and stuff so it's like a cool tone on tone effect but not as like in your face but you okay. can't put like a different logo there or anything okay makes sense all right i just always wondered because you know every time i see someone's bison leathers oftentimes it's not like most people are just most people that i've seen you know they're just like yeah man i got blue and green camo because i thought it was cool but in the chance or anyway if you were trying to brand your own stuff i've always kind of wondered what the option is there. I understand they're, they're bison leathers. Bison needs to get their name out there just as much as you do. So anyway, cool. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I mean, that's all I, all we had, I think. And don't think you had anything else. No, I think we're good. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on and I look forward to seeing you this weekend. Hopefully, probably, definitely positive energy. I will see you this weekend. My hell, you're talking to a guy that drives like 80,000 miles a year and doesn't own a semi. So, I mean, if, if we need to make a detour to swing through. Yeah, it's a little like different that. than a Thunder Hill trip. So. But, yeah, if I don't have the trailer, um, it's like just under two hours to Chukwala. So I'm pretty close. Yeah, see? But I won't make you do that. I'll figure it out. All right. All right. Okay. Well, All right, sweet. Well, Hey, if you're still listening, watching to the listeners, uh, one, go check out CVMA. Two, go check out Bison Leathers. Hit Rainy up for some custom Bison Leathers. And then, as always, click the subscribe button down on YouTube or the download button, whatever that I need to smash it. go through. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> smash the like button. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week.